Cat Lab presents A Voice in the Darkness by Colin Stapleton. Night. A light rain taps softly in the glass window of the sawdust tavern. It pools between the cobblestones of the road outside and reflecting the glow of the street lamps. Inside the tavern, a handful of patrons mingle quietly. Smoke drifts lazily through the dim light of the tavern's electric bulbs. Rory sits at a corner table, nervously picking at the varnished wood. Across from him, Charlotte watches with concern. I'm telling you, I saw them. In the manager's office. You're sounding paranoid again, Rory. That mill's been running smoothly for 45 years. There's nothing going on there. Charlotte, I know what I saw. It wasn't human. It was bigger. Heavier. Rory, I'm worried about you. You get so worked up about these conspiracies. It can't be good for your health. This is different. It's always different, Rory. Every time. You see something, and then you get all wound up, and then later you find out it was just a surprise party or someone playing a prank. I know. I know. I just... The bartender, Abe, approaches their table, carrying two pewter mugs. Uh, Here you go. Need anything else? Charlotte carefully takes both mugs from Abe and places one in front of Rory. He doesn't notice. No. Thanks, Abe. Rory stares into the gloom outside the window. Charlotte feels his foot tapping nervously under the table. Here. Enjoy your drink, Rory. On me. Just take a breath. I could feel it, Charlotte. I could feel the ground moving as that... Whatever it was. Didn't you say there was a new director coming in? Maybe that was him. Maybe he's just, um, husky. It was not a husky man, Charlotte. I heard them talking through the wall. Its voice was... I don't know. Like an animal. Or something. It resonated. There's a lot of machinery in the mill. The shift was over. The machines were off. I saw my shift manager walk out of the office later. He had that stare, you know, like he wasn't really focusing on anything. He was terrified. Hmm. It's not just the mill, Charlotte. It's other people around town, too. Something's changing. You must have noticed. If you were people out at night, I look at someone and they look away. It's like a fear creeping over all of us. Charlotte feels a sudden chill at Rory's words. Yeah, I've noticed the same thing. I can't put my finger on it. Something just feels... off. Yes, exactly. I was walking home last night, and I saw this gathering next to the consignment store. It was a little man with a shaved head. He was standing on a crate, jabbering. It was strange. What was he yelling about? I don't know. Some nonsense about the end of the world. Was he wearing red? Red? Like a red coat or jacket. Maybe. I wasn't really paying attention. Why does that matter? I keep seeing more people wearing red at the mill. Jackets, hats, armbands. Even around town I'm seeing it more often. I don't know, Rory. I'm getting tired. I love you, but it's exhausting talking to you. I think I need to get going. Okay. Just be careful out there. Right. Get some sleep too, Rory. You look like you've been awake for days. Anne slips in and closes the door quickly behind her. Her clothes are drenched. She stares around the room frantically, then sees Charlotte. She rushes over to the table. Charlotte sees Anne approach and quickly rises to comfort her. Anne? What's wrong? You're shaking. Charlotte, someone is after me. Please, help me. Who? What's going on? They're wearing red. All over town, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. Is someone trying to hurt you? My neighbors, Sophie and Alex. I think they killed them. Charlotte tries to guide the terrified Anne to an empty chair. Anne, you're safe. 
No one's going to hurt you. What happened with your neighbors? I was at home reading, and I heard a knock on Sophie's door, loud, like, like a hammer. Someone opened the door. Maybe it was Alex. I think they were talking. Then I heard a crash and screaming. I went, I looked out the window. I- You're safe here. We won't let anyone hurt you. They saw me. They saw me through the window. They're coming for me next. If there was a break-in, the constable will sort it out. Don't worry. Anne freezes, staring at Charlotte. He's with them, Charlotte. I saw him on the street. He was wearing red too. They all are. What was that? Rory stands, grabbing Charlotte's arm. We need to leave here now, Charlotte. Anne pulls away from Charlotte. We're not safe here. We're not safe. Rory, what's going on here? It's them. They know we're here. We've got to get out now. Who, Rory? Who are you talking about? Who are these people? Rebecca strides in, followed by Gabriel. Water drips from their red leather coats. We're closing soon. Can I get you some drinks? Rebecca turns and eyes Abe. Gabriel stands silently behind her. Are you pure? Am I what? Have you been purified? I don't know what you mean. Rebecca stops and sniffs the air. Her face wrinkles in disgust. This place. It stinks of rot. What are you hiding here? Abe, confused, looks between Rebecca and Gabriel. I'm not hiding anything. We all hide something. Perhaps even from ourselves. Gabriel? Gabriel swiftly crosses the room toward Abe. Confused, Abe stumbles backward. Gabriel brandishes a knife and stabs Abe. Abe grunts in surprise and crashes to the floor. (laughs) Anne screams. The Sawdust Tavern. Morning of the same day. Garland sits at the bar, chatting with Abe. Garland has a weathered calm of a man who's been to the edge of the world and back again. And yet, there is a slight tension to his manner, as if he was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Did you manage to make it out to the island over the weekend? No. The wind started to pick up, and I was drifting too close to the reefs. It didn't feel safe. Didn't you tell me you once sailed a sloop into the hurricane? That was an accident. It was quite a thrill, though. And now you're scared of a few rocks. Guess I'm getting cautious in my old age. Well, you're in the right place, then. Freeport's so sleepy, sometimes I wonder if we're all dreaming. I needed some rest. All those factories and engines and smoke. It's time for some fresh air. A change of scenery. Constable Matthews walks in. Morning, Matthews. Another beautiful day. Morning, Abe. Garland. Everything all right? Yes. Nothing needed to concern yourself with. Garland, how's the new boat working out for you? It's working quite well. I've been using Watchtower Island as a landmark to refresh my skills. It's been a while. You're sailing out to Watchtower? Seemed like an appropriate goal. I also wouldn't mind checking out the old tower itself. You should avoid that area. Too dangerous. Don't worry, I've been sailing for years. It's off limits. Constable, can I get you a drink? Can't. 
I need to head over to the mill shortly. I'm just doing my rounds, making sure everything's in order. I hear there's to be some management changes at the mill. You're awfully interested in other people's goings-on, Garland. Might be best if you kept out of others' affairs. It was a passing curiosity, but now you caught my attention, Constable. Is there anything we should be concerned about? No. We don't like busybodies here in Freeport. Gentlemen, we're all friends here. How about another round? On me. I need to be off. Matthew's eyes garland suspiciously. You watch yourself. Matthew turns and brusquely walks out. He's not usually that testy. Right. I have some business to take care of. Good talking with you, Abe. Always a pleasure. Stay out of trouble. I'd have to look hard for that around here. The Freeport General Store, morning of the same day. Charlotte stands in a cramped aisle, looking at the mason jar of pickled olives. Rebecca enters, looking disheveled. Her eyes are sunken. Rebecca, how have you been? I haven't seen you in weeks. Rebecca looks at Charlotte hesitantly. Charlotte? I tried telephoning you several times. Are you unwell? Charlotte, I... I think I need your help. Of course, anything. I, I think there's something wrong with me. What is it? It's... It's... There's, like, a feeling. I don't know how to. It might just be the grip. It's been spreading around town. Here, let me find you some medicine. No, it's not like that. It's not just the feeling. There's something more. More? Sometimes. Sometimes at night, right before I fall asleep, I hear things. What sort of things? It's like a voice, but not... Inside my body? Everywhere inside me? Someone is speaking to you at night? No, it's it's not a person. It's it's something else. It tells me to do things. It hurts so much. Please, Charlotte, please help me. You have to help me. I don't know what to do. Here, let's get you to Dr. Milton right away. It's going to be all right. You're just stressed, that's all. No, no doctors. Rebecca, please, I'll help you. Whatever you need, just tell me. I need you to make it stop. It's burning everywhere. Rebecca. Charlotte cradles Rebecca and rocks her back and forth. Make it stop. Charlotte, please. It's okay. It's okay. I'm here. Make it stop. You'll be better soon. Don't worry. I don't want to hurt anyone. You aren't going to hurt anyone. Why would you? I don't want to. He keeps trying to make me, but I don't want to. Rebecca, what's trying to make you? I don't want to, but it tells me to. It's inside my mind. It tells me to. He tells me to. Who? Stop. Please. The Sawdust Tavern, night. Charlotte comforts Anne. Beside her, Rory grips the back of a chair in a near panic. Across the room, Abe lies on the floor, moaning quietly. Gabriel stands over him, holding a bloody knife. 
Rebecca walks over to Abe and crouches next to him. Can you hear him? Charlotte watches with bewildered terror. Why, Rebecca? What have you done? Rebecca ignores Charlotte and continues to look at Abe with calm curiosity. She gently brushes back the hair on his brow. Can you hear him calling to you? Do you feel his presence approaching? Abe attempts to crawl away. As the rot leaves your body, so too does his eye fall upon you. Can you feel it? Rebecca, stop! Stop this, please! Can you feel it? From the darkness of the adjacent room, Charlotte hears a deep, heavy breathing. Something not human. A chill creeps over her. She stares into the dark doorway. Two glowing eyes appear, staring back at her. Rory grabs Charlotte's shirt. That's it, Charlotte. That's the thing I saw. Rebecca stands and looks toward the doorway. We are witnesses to his most wondrous creations. They will assist us in preparing for his arrival. Rebecca gestures to Abe, who writhes on the floor in fear and pain. Gabriel, please help Abe. Anne looks pleadingly at Charlotte. No, 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 no! Gabriel grabs Abe and drags him over to the dark doorway. In the shadows, the glowing eyes flit back and forth. The creature wheezes, rattling the cups on the table. Charlotte feels a wave of heat wash across the room. Rebecca, what is that? Rebecca turns to Charlotte. Her eyes are wild, as if in a trance. We of Freeport have been chosen. Can't you see? He chose us. Out of all the people in the world, he chose us. Gabriel tosses Abe to the floor in front of the doorway and returns to stand beside Rebecca. Abe pitifully tries to crawl away. Rebecca continues to chant, her voice raised in ecstasy. Why? Why would he choose us? To travel billions of miles through infinite time and space. To choose us. Why? Charlotte covers her ears in the blast. The ground shakes as the creature enters the room. In the dim light, Charlotte sees a large, fur-covered arm reach out and grab Abe. Rebecca continues her manic chanting. Because we are pure. Abe wails in fear as he is slowly dragged back into the shadows. Because we are worthy. Because we answered his call, and we accept the responsibility to bring order where there is chaos, to bring light where there is dark, to bring peace where there is war. We heard his voice in the darkness, and we answered. Gabriel, what happened to you? We used to be neighbors, remember? I helped you with your math homework. We played catch in your yard. Gabriel stares blankly at Charlotte. But there is work to be done tonight. Much work before we can rest. Rebecca's gaze falls upon Anne. Anne recoils, clutching at Charlotte in fear. (laughs) Out with the old, in with the new. Gabriel, let's finish up here. Afternoon of the same day. Garland walks down the main street of Freeport. At the side of the road, Mick sits on an apple crate, sharpening a knife. Mick looks up suspiciously. He scans Garland up and down, sneering slightly. Nice shoes. 
Thanks. I don't think we met yet. Name's Garland. I heard of you. Got a little boat. Yep. Maybe a little too little for the job around here, huh? Sometimes that wind really picks up. I never owned a boat. Never had the money. Well, they can be a little pricey, but I was able to find a good deal on this one. Gotten quite a bit of good deals, haven't you? I've been fortunate, although life hasn't always been easy to me, either. Nick spits on the ground. Maybe it's time for us to get the good deals. Sure, we all catch a break sometime. <laughs> hey, that's a nice red jacket you got there. Where'd you pick that up? Nick ignores Garland, fingering the blade of his knife. I wouldn't mind a boat of my own. It's about time. It's never too late. Keep working at it and you'll get there. Maybe I'll have your boat. Imagine that. Well, it's not for sale at the moment, uh, but if you're looking for something- I don't got any money. Well, it was nice talking to you. I have some errands to run. Always busy, you know. They say he likes it clean. No buying, no selling. Who? Mick smiles, running his tongue over his teeth. Oh, you'll see. Freeport Main Street, night. Constable Matthew stands beside Mick outside an apartment building. Did you try the windows? Got iron bars on them. All bolted up tight, like a prison. We'll pull the door off the hinges if we have to. You sure about this? You're not bothering no one. Why not just let them sit in there? It's not our decision to make. It's just the Millers in there. I know him. Good folk. Or he's treated me right. Did they? Did they treat you right when you lost your job at the docks? Did they treat you right when your wife was dying and you couldn't pay the doctors to look after her? These people aren't your friends. None of them are. They don't care about you or me. We toil our entire lives day after day slowly whittling down our bodies until there's nothing left. And then they come along after and we're too weak to object and they... They take whatever they want from us. Miller's a decent man. He helps at the charity on Sundays. He's not one of us. There's no room anymore for decent men. Not in this town. Maybe not anywhere. We all had to make a choice. He's made his. What do we do with them, those who are not us? We'll cleanse them. Garland rushes up and stops to catch his breath. Constable, good. I found you. There's riding down the street, a mob smashing windows. I'm willing to help however I can, but we need to move quickly. Calm down, Garland. It's all under control. Constable, I can assure you this situation is not under anyone's control. Can't you hear it? We're making a mess of things. You're respected in this town. Maybe you can go talk to the people. Settle this quickly before someone gets hurt. Who are you to say about people being hurt? People's already been hurt by your kind. Nick. Years I waited. Waited for justice, for support, even just for understanding. I'm done waiting. Nick turns to Matthews. You say he will help us? He will fix what's wrong with this place? If we just obey? Who are you talking about? 
Are you involved in this rioting? Yes, Mick. If we just obey. It's time to choose, Garland. Are you prepared to cleanse yourself and devote yourself fully to a being that you can never understand? What on earth are you talking about? On earth? Nothing. But our planet is merely a speck on the verge of his awareness. Look, I know I'm new to this town, but I just can't sit by while people are being terrorized. Terror? Is that what you see? Garland steps back, confused. He realizes that the constable is wearing a red band on the sleeve of his jacket. Are... are you aware of what is happening here, constable? What is happening is a transition of sorts. There's rot. Rot everywhere. Inside of me, inside of you, he does not abide rot. It must be cut away, like a gangrenous infection. It is the only hope for us. Cut away the rot. This is absurd. All of this. I'm going to get help. If you aren't willing to assist, then at least stay out of the way. <laughs> he don't see it. No. He does not. Mick draws his knife and advances on Garland. You're crazy. Both of you. Garland turns and runs down the street. He's running. Let him. There's nowhere to go. The Sawdust Tavern. Night. Anne is tied up on the floor in the center of the room, struggling. A lantern flickers on the floor nearby. Rebecca and Gabriel stand over her. Charlotte and Rory cower in the corner. Rebecca is chanting, arms raised above her head. Oh, unfathomable one, we beseech you. Please grant us your strength that we might cleanse ourselves to be worthy of you. We are but protozoans swimming in a droplet of water in the ocean of the universe. We are nothing to you, and you are everything to us. We are helpless without your guidance. Show us the way. Lead us to a better world. Charlotte whispers to Rory. We can't leave here without Anne. I told you this was going to happen. I told you, I told you, I told you. Rory, I need you to help me. I can't get out of this without you. I can't help you. I can't help anyone. And no one will help us. If no one can help us, then we have to help ourselves, right? What's the point? We're all dead anyway. All of us. Maybe. But we might as well try. You're naive, Charlotte. What's worse, to be naive or to be hopeless? Rebecca gestures toward Anne. Continue the ritual, Gabriel. We must demonstrate to him our purity. Gabriel picks up a can of kerosene and pours it onto Anne. See that, Charlotte? That's what they're going to do to us. To this whole town. Are you going to let them do that, Rory? Are you going to let them take everything you love? What else can I do? Help me! Help yourself! You think we really have a chance? There's always a chance. Always a chance. Can you do this? I... Rory? I can do this. Good. We need to do two things. Grab Anne and escape. Gabriel has a knife, and he's strong. So we'll need a distraction. Something to give us an advantage. Charlotte scans the room. The lights. All the electric lamps in this room are powered through this conduit here. Prepare yourself, Gabriel. He will show us reality, 
in all its terrible glory. Gabriel lights a match. There's no time left, Charlotte. You cut the conduit, I'll grab Anne. Charlotte grabs the conduit from the floor and saws at it with her pocket knife. The electric lights go out. Only the lantern light remains. Rory runs across the room and pulls Anne off the floor. Charlotte, I can't see. Is the front door clear? Gabriel grabs Rory. Charlotte, help! Charlotte stabs Gabriel in the back with her knife. He lets go of Rory and falls through the floor. You cannot escape destiny. Only he can decide our fate. You're crazy! All of you, just leave us alone! Charlotte and Rory carry Anne toward the door. Gabriel grabs Anne's ankle and pulls her to the floor. He mindlessly stabs her over and over with his knife. Anne writhes on the floor, screaming. She knocks over the lantern, which extinguishes. The room is completely dark. <laughs> Rory grabs Charlotte. We can't help her. We have to save ourselves. Anne, I can't see. Rory, I can't see. Charlotte, go. Rory shoves Charlotte toward the front door. She stumbles, then stares back at Anne. Out the door now, before it's too late. If we can't get outside, we can try to find mine. The creature charges from the back room and tackles Rory to the ground. It begins tearing him apart and devouring him. Charlotte shoves open the tavern door and stumbles out into the night. Night. Outside the Sawdust Tavern. Matthews and Mick are watching the door to the tavern, waiting. What do you make of all this? It's dark business, but what choice do we have? If we don't obey his wishes, he'll swat us like flies. You reckon you can read our thoughts? He doesn't read our thoughts. He doesn't care. We barely exist to him. Our best chance is to follow whatever signs he gives us and hope not to draw his ire. What does he want? He doesn't want. The concept is meaningless to him. He exists beyond our material realm. We can never hope to understand what he does or why. Then how do we know we're doing right? Maybe we don't. Maybe we're not. Dark business. Did you clear out the rest of the houses? Yes, sir. Everyone left is in the town square. Might be some got away, though. We were quiet, but not that quiet. They won't get far. Those woods are infested with those... things. I seen them. They aren't right. Make my skin crawl. They're only the beginning. More will come as he approaches. Has he ever... spoke to you? Once. What did he say? I can't describe it. It was bad? It wasn't words. More like a feeling. Imagine the most intense fear you could ever experience. Like that. Fear? Probably only lasted a few seconds, but it felt like hours. I threw up afterward. Everything I'd eaten that day. Then... I just lay there. I could hardly breathe. What have we done to ourselves? What is this? Whatever it is, it's our future now. The whole damned world. Glad my wife didn't live to see this. What would she think of me? Would she understand? I don't know. 
things I'd done. I don't... I don't know how I'd explain it to her. Some things you can't understand. Unless you've been there. Charlotte stumbles out the door of the tavern, sobbing. Charlotte and Matthew stare at each other for a moment. Unless you've been there. Matthews approaches Charlotte menacingly, knife in hand. Constable, please help us. We have no choice, Charlotte. You know that, right? Charlotte sees the knife and backs away fearfully. No. It's for the best. You wouldn't want to be here for what happens next. Please. Garland sneaks up behind Mick, grabs him, and cuts his throat. Mick slumps to the ground, dying. Matthews turns and sees Garland. Garland, I knew you were trouble. Matthews approaches Garland cautiously gripping his knife. Behind him, Charlotte picks up a large rock and hits Matthews in the head with it. Garland? Garland limps towards Charlotte. His clothes are torn and filthy. That's right. How are you doing, Miss Charlotte? Garland, I don't understand what's going on. There's something in the tavern. It it killed Anne and my friend Rory. What's wrong with these people? Why are they doing this? Those creatures are in the woods whole town surrounded by him. I know these people, Garland. I've known Constable Matthews for years. He's never acted like this before. Maybe you didn't really know him after all. If we can't leave town, where can we go? I've got a boat. We could take it out to Watchtower Island, put some distance between us and them. Give us some time to think. Watchtower Island, night. Garland and Charlotte stand in the ruins of a crumbled tower. Charlotte looks into the distance toward the town of Freeport. The town is burning. It's gone. My home, my family, my friends, all of it. I thought I was going to retire here. I lived in Freeport my whole life. All I could ever think was about leaving. Where did you want to go? Somewhere. Anywhere. The city, maybe. I was bored. I wanted adventure. Excitement. Youth. Why did you move here? Peace and quiet. I needed to reevaluate my priorities. What do you prioritize now? He will decide that, not us. Shirley looked around, confused. Rebecca? Who? What should we do now? Where should we go? Let's just sit tight for a spell. I need to rest. We can't get far in the dark anyhow. It's a miracle we managed to get through those rocks the first time. I'm in no hurry to try our luck again. You're hurt. Not much we can do about it here. Once we get back to the mainland, I'll look for a hospital. Garland gingerly cradles his injured arm and slowly limps through the rubble. What is it about this place? What do you mean? Matthew said to stay away from here. Why? What does it matter? 
Garland stops and scuffs at the ground beneath his foot. Under the layer of debris, there is a marking engraved in the stone floor of the ruined tower. What if there's nothing else? What if it's like this everywhere? He is everywhere. He is everything. There is nothing else. Charlotte, startled, searches wildly for the source of the voice. No, you lie, Rebecca. Who are you talking to? Who's Rebecca? Rebecca... Rebecca is my friend. Was my friend. I don't know what happened to her. Seems like half the town went screwy. I thought maybe it was just agitation amongst mill workers. Maybe caused by layoffs, but this is something else. There's been an uneasiness in this town for a long time. You didn't see it. Not on the surface, anyway. But it was there. I've worked in law enforcement for 30 years. I've seen strikes, riots, violence, but I've never seen anything like this. These people, it's like they're living in a different world from us. The marking beneath Garland's feet begins to glow faintly, casting an eerie red light over the rubble. Garland steps back and turns to Charlotte. She is motionless, staring at him, unblinking. Charlotte, something is wrong here. His world, his rules, we merely obey. Charlotte watches Garland with a look of intense fury. She steps towards him menacingly. Charlotte? No, you're sick, Rebecca. You're sick, all of you. You killed Anne and Rory? Who are you talking to? There's no one here. Garland steps back as Charlotte continues to walk toward him. The red glow from the markings increases. They were part of the past. We are the future. He has decreed it so. Charlotte stalks toward Garland like an apex predator. Garland stumbles backward over a stone and falls. He cries out in pain as his injured arm collides with the stone floor. Charlotte stands over him, her body bathed in the crimson light of the markings. You took her from me. You took everything from me. Charlotte, stop it. Can you hear him? Shut up. Shut up. Charlotte. Garland weakly tries to crawl away. Can you hear him? No more. I won't let you hurt anyone else. Charlotte picks up a large stone with both hands and raises it above her head. Charlotte, stop. He sees you. He knows you. He knows everything. Charlotte, put down the rock. No more. Charlotte brutally smashes a stone into Garland's head. Dazed, Garland feebly raises his hand protectively. Charlotte raises the stone above her head again. Charlotte, stop. No more. Charlotte brings down the stone a second time with a sickening crash. Charlotte raises the stone above her head again. Charlotte, in a wild fury, Charlotte smashes a stone into Garland again and again. Exhausted, Charlotte drops the heavy stone and steps back. No more. No more. The red glow of the markings fades and the ruined tower grows dark and silent. Charlotte wanders to the shore and sits, watching the water. Now you understand. What will become of us? We cannot know. We can only wait. 
I'm afraid. Change is always frightening. I feel dirty. He will make us clean. How do you know? How do you know what he is, what he will do? I listen to him. He talks to you? He speaks to us all. Most choose not to listen, but I do. Will he speak to me? If you're ready to listen. I am. Then listen. Charlotte sits quietly for several moments, waiting. Can you hear him? Yes.